Wall Street is full of corruption and it is baked in to every aspect of our society. MMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding at the macro level. In the 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This was written over a hundred years ago. This is The Rogue Scholar with Steve Grumbine. All right, everybody, it is Steve, the Rogue Scholar, and I'm going to answer a question today. This podcast or this show is answering a question that has been asked to me repeatedly. And, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and add the show title back up here one more time for you guys to realize what I'm saying. And this is such an important subject, and it never seems to penetrate, never seems to stick. Because everybody has just like got this very, very narrow focus of what, what is real and what is possible and how we should approach things. And it really is not a battle between electoralism and activism, but it is an understanding that voting is not sufficient. Voting is not sufficient to make change, period. Because you get a person in office and chances are they're not going to listen to you anyway. There's money flowing through this system. There is a lot of money flowing through the system and it's flowing into politicians' hands every single day of the week. They are constrained in what they can say, what they will do. I don't know all the ins and outs of it. I've never been in elected office. I just know as a human being and as a person depending on these people and watching, folks, watching you all, quite frankly, defend the concept of electoralism, watching you defend the concept of, hey, you know, I just got to do my my uh, civic duty and vote. And I've never once said, don't vote. Let me just crystal clear. I am not saying don't vote. So anybody that says that I said don't vote, beat the snot out of them with truth. There is no acceptable answer that says I said don't vote. What I'm telling you is this. You have seen zero. And if you tell me you've seen more, you're lying. You have seen zero evidence that casting a vote gets you anything you've seen zero evidence whatsoever that casting a vote actually equals a vote that is counted you've actually seen zero evidence that when you do get the person you want in office that they will fight to the death for your issues that you've put forward that you elected them to do you've seen zero proof of any of this and i'm 53 years old and in my 53 years I've seen zero proof of it over and over again. Even when something good accidentally happens, I have still seen 0% proof. And most of the things we deem as good are misguided things that we don't fully understand that are done anyway. Like the American, what is it? The Affordable Care Act, for fuck's sake. Can you think of a worse bill ever? Like before the ACA, you know, I mean, we had no access to healthcare. So in that sense, I mean, you could have gone to the ER or whatever, but for the most part, it was a shitty bill. It made sure insurance companies are whole and it made sure you and I have nothing. We have access, but not even affordable access. My bills for my own healthcare suck. So the bills that we do get passed, they have a nice title. They have a nice name. They make us feel nostalgic, make us feel like we did something, but they suck. 
and they don't actually achieve any of the purposes that we were hoping for, right? I mean, can we agree to this, okay? Can we also agree that the squad, forget shitting on them for just a second, can we agree the squad hasn't done anything for us yet? See, I, I mean, I, I mean, no disrespect, I'm asking you, show me something that the squad has delivered. Show me something that they have gone down swinging to the bitter end. Show me something that they have not relinquished and fought for. They've not done that. They folded like a cheap tent as soon as pressure got on them. They don't take any of the effort. I mean, think about this. AOC endorsed Nina Turner the day before the election. There had been millions of dollars spent on propaganda for Chantel Brown through the elections. Millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. Nothing. So electoralism, they they shut you down. Without the money, you've got nothing. So how do you get something done if you're not getting the people you want elected? How do you get something done if you can't get to the people's front door in their household and get past their television screen with Rachel Maddow talking about how wonderful Biden is or whatever? How do you get past this, this perpetual blocker, okay, that that prevents us from reaching Jane and Joe public. Forget us activists. This is the problem. We think because we're on Twitter, we think because we're on YouTube, we think because we're on Facebook, that somehow or another, we're reaching these strange people that if only they knew better, they would vote differently. And, and, and it just isn't so. They don't have the time. They don't have the analysis. The only thing they're getting is the mainstream media. They're not actually getting a real honest-to-God truth-telling of what the story is. So each of these candidates compromise, and they are compromised nine times out of ten. So do your due diligence, do your civic duty, do your voting, whatever it is that you're going to do, do it. But just remember, it is in and of itself not the answer. It is not the answer that's going to push the table, push the bar. It's not going to do it. So I've said this countless times, and it always seems to fall on deaf ears. When I say, what are we going to do about climate change? When I say, what are we going to do about healthcare? When I say, what are we going to do about rigged elections? When I say, what are we going to do about each of the things, student debt, you name it. People think that the beginning and the ending of that is to cast a vote. People also believe that they can show up to a rally, and somehow or another, that one rally that they went to, to you know, got the selfie, went ahead, got their signs up, marched in place, whatever, talked in a blowhorn, you know, this is what democracy looks like, whatever. They think that they've done their thing, it's one day, and then they're done. And that's not how any of this works. That's really not how any of this works. So it's very important that we understand that in order to get anything done, it's got to be beyond the electoral process. Now, remember, I started this fucking video out saying, I'm not telling you not to vote. In fact, I'm telling you to go ahead and vote your conscience, okay? I'm saying don't rest on that. Don't believe that's the end of the story. If you believe that's the end of the story, then you'll get absolutely nothing. You will get nothing out of this at all. You will be perpetually disappointed. You will be perpetually disempowered. You will be perpetually screwed. We will be perpetually screwed. You see how that works? So the idea here is, is that you've got to have something sustainable. In other words, when I say sustainable, 
I'm not just talking about, hey, guys, we're going to be at the uh, corner of whatever and whatever from the hours of 10 to 2, show up with your sign and, you know, bring brownies for people and make friends. I'm not saying that. I'm suggesting something that means that it's sustained. This one mission, this one campaign is going to be sustained in between elections, throughout elections, past elections daily constant non-stop campaign okay now everybody can't just take off work everybody can't constantly be in the streets everybody can't do that simply can't you got to feed your families you got to eat we've got to do some things differently but when you have organizations that can roll people out in a rolling rolling pattern right when you can organize literally meet have sit down have a meeting you know a meeting talk about the logistics of your campaign, what you're fighting for, what are your demands. Think back to the 60s. They did this stuff all the time. They would block traffic. They would do any number of things. And they would make sure that the work that they were doing made an impact. In other words, they would make sure people knew what they were talking about. They would educate one another they would talk to one another they would go to coffee houses they would have these conversations with people they would have home groups who would talk okay right now people throw up a, a post on social media and they think they've done activism and they walk away and they're done that's not going to get it done and so when people say well what do we do we're powerless we can't do anything I, I'm I'm like, no, that's not true. It just requires effort. What you're what you're reviling against, what you're not interested in is the sacrifice. You don't want to have to skip the hockey game. You don't want to have to skip the baseball game. You don't want to have to skip, you know, the the community barbecue. Okay. You don't want to miss some family get together because you're so busy patting yourself on the back, telling yourself that you need self-care and you got to enjoy yourself and do these things, go to the beach, whatever. I'm here to tell you that it's going to require sacrifice, individual sacrifice, individual decision. You have to make a decision that you're going to be a part of moving that needle. You've got to make a decision that you will be part of that. And not, ah, you know, I've I looked down, ah, you know, I think that the next showing of uh, some show on Netflix is coming on tonight. No, you've got to make the decision that you're going to be part of it. And so I'm watching people talk about student debt right now. And most of the people, sadly, are like, I paid my debt. Why should I pay for yours? Why, why did you take out loans that you couldn't pay back? These kind of Neanderthal, teabagger kind of mindset things are there because people genuinely believe, they genuinely believe that they would be funding your student debt if you walk away from it, that your tax dollars will fund it. Folks, they believe this big time. And so they immediately tell us that they can't afford it. They don't want to pay for your decisions. Now, if you understand what I'm saying, then you understand that in order to overcome that, you've got to tell them a different story. You've got to explain to them that that's not how it works that federal government can write off all that debt. If you're a prognosticator on YouTube and you don't spend your time teaching the truth, you're just giving everybody a mic. Here, here, take a mic. We're the people's mic. Here, listen. 
If you're just letting everybody talk and you're not literally fighting for this truth, you're giving air cover to bullshit, okay? This is super important because you're not going to get any of those other people to converge, to convert, to ignore the lies they've been told. You're not going to get past that and you will always be drowning in people that don't believe this is important. They're not going to show up on election day like they didn't for Nina. They're not going to show up for whatever because they don't think that there's anything more that can be done. When I talk to most people about climate change, they're like, well, I already ride a bicycle. And I'm like, but you're not organizing around a Green New Deal. You and me riding a bicycle may feel good, but in the grand scheme of things, it's nothing. The reality is, is that like Japan right now, Japan is starving for energy so badly in the wake of their uh, Fukushima uh, uh, reactor blowing up because of the tsunami and the earthquakes, okay? They're looking at having to restart nuclear power in Japan to meet their energy needs. I mean, this is no joke. And every time you think about the power grid to charge up electric cars, you're talking about fossil fuels once again. So you're not really changing anything by your own individual uh, behavior. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you not to try and do be a responsible human being and limit your carbon footprint. But I am telling you point blank that if you don't organize around a Green New Deal and force Congress to address this, it will never happen. It will absolutely never happen. And I'm telling you right now, we have spent so much time organizing around candidates. And if you think about the arc, it starts up, spikes up here. And then as soon as the candidate is elected or loses, it drops off. All those people go home, they go their merry way, and it's done. They splinter off, it's done. How do you sustain between sine waves in elections? How do you sustain that level of participation? And I'm telling you, the only way to do that is to invest yourselves in parallel organizations, not party politics, okay? The party politics are where things go to die. You must put pressure on parties. You must push pressure on those powers that be because the only thing they don't want is civil unrest. They don't want civil unrest. They don't want to see you blocking traffic in Washington, D.C. They don't want to see you blocking access to the Supreme Court. They don't want to see you doing a die-in on the steps of the Capitol. They don't want to see you making a spectacle of yourself, blocking them, inconveniencing them from what they're trying to do. And I can't get anybody to understand this. Everybody is so, I don't know what the word for it is, but on one hand, they're nihilists. They, they don't want to vote, but they think the only thing they can do is vote. So they put all their energy in voting and then nothing gets done. Nobody's learning the fact that student debt, perfect example is the student debt again. Student debt, the government, we don't even need a bill. Fucking Joe Biden could sign this thing right now into law and get rid of all of student debt, period, without even an act of Congress. He could do it easily. Think about what I'm saying. He could literally do it that easy. But if you don't understand that, if you think your hard-earned tax dollars are paying for stuff, you might not be willing to fight for that. And think about how many Republicans believe that crap. 
Okay. Think about how many Democrats believe that crap. And think about how many socialists believe that crap. How many, I mean, I want you to think about something without teaching each other the truth about economics here. Socialists believe we need to tax the rich to pay for programs. Now, I believe we should tax the rich, but not to pay for programs. And so what do they do? They end up fighting these battles about jacking up taxes to pay for very important life-saving things. So what are you going to get? You're going to get from every Democrat that has a 401k plan, you're going to get them to say, uh-uh, I don't want to lose my interest on my uh, investment. You're going to see all those things. Ultimately, people's self-interest comes out way before our collective interest comes out. And I'm telling you, it's so important that we teach each other these things. It may not be big, broad. It may be talking one-to-one. But you cannot stop doing this. And this is where the laziness, this this lack of vision comes into our movement. How do we do it? We're just going to vote. You cast your vote, nothing happens, and you're back to being misery, full misery, full nihilist. Oh, burn it down. It doesn't work. Well, electoralism on its own doesn't fucking work. These people are bought and paid for. The system is corrupt. It's captured. You have no say in it without putting pressure on them. That's it. And it's one of the most unpopular subjects out there because, unfortunately, this is the splintering of our movement. This is the splintering. People don't want to be told by me, Steve Grumbine, hey, you've got to get off your ass and help organize. And what I mean by organize is not for parties. Stop thinking you got to organize just for candidates. Start really meaningfully organizing, but not organizing for an event. This is where we get in trouble. We organize for a single march. We organize for a a single protest. We don't organize for sustained delivery. We don't come back and say, listen, we showed up on your doorstep on March 13th. We said this, that, and the other. We were very serious. Now, it's now April 25th. This is the second step in this. We have even more people here. We mean what we say. The next one, hey, it's now June 13th. We are here. We are ready and we are blocking traffic. We will not unchain our arms blocking traffic until you pass this Green New Deal. Hey, we, you know, you didn't do what we said. We, a couple people went to jail for uh, civil unrest, so, you know, civil disobedience. Then the next realm is we come back a month later, two months later. You know what I mean? You have, to keep the sustained pressure on, not just a one-off, well, they did a really good thing out there and whatever. You know, union activity is great, but if it's not sustained and constant and grinding, like erosion, think about water eroding, you know, running back and forth over rocks. We have to erode those bullshit chains that have held everybody's mind in this box that they can't think beyond. Oh my God, I just got to vote for the next progressive. Oh my God, somebody's going to save me. And I think this is really super important. And I don't know how to get that message out there more than just repeating it. You know, to me, what I'm saying is the most non-nihilistic approach. We have to get, because here's the thing. If you wait and only deal with this stuff during election time, everybody dissipates, everybody vanishes. Now, don't get me wrong. Even if you sustain it, there's going to be a lot of neo-maxis and dweebies that didn't get immediate gratification, and they're going to check out. It's a disease of epic proportion. It is a disease of fecklessness that corrodes and corrupts and destroys, okay? 
But if we as a movement, if people understand the trajectory, in other words, you're not waiting till the seventh action to prepare your runway. You've already got it planned. You work collaboratively across organizations to create a step by step by step, advance, 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 keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. And so what happens? People will literally sit there and say, I don't like that individual. I'm not organizing. Fuck, fuck whether we survive climate change or not. They get a case of the ass. They get a case of the feels. They get a case of the, this is my organization. That's your organization. Ne'er the two shall meet kind of bullshit. And, and we get stuck. I think that it's very important that we have a framework for teaching. Teach people the basics. Get people the basic information they need to understand stuff. Simple, direct. Here it is. Congress creates money every time it spends. Biden could get rid of student debt with a single pen stroke. Biden could reclassify marijuana with a pen stroke. On and on and on, whatever. We make demands. Here are the series of demands that we're making based on these things over here that we've taught you. Now we've got a series of demands. Those demands now meet with direct action. Those direct actions come with a combined force. But again, got to state it. I don't know why you got to state it, but you got to state it. It must be more like Occupy in the sense that it just kept going and going and going. The difference is instead of it just being sitting there, it's got to be a a step-by-step thing. It's got to be projecting out. If you don't do this, next time we'll bring more. And you got to be willing to sacrifice. You've got to be willing to sacrifice. It is not going to happen. And it makes no sense to be bitching and moaning if you're not willing to make the sacrifice. And now tell the truth. Most people aren't willing to make the sacrifice. Heck, most people won't even show up to an organizing call. You could sit there and you could share it with them and they won't come. They won't show up. But they'll be the first ones out there bitching about how it didn't go their way. But they won't show up. Or they'll find something more fun to do. Video games, sporting events, fucking dances, whatever drinking, I don't know, whatever the fuck ever people do, as opposed to actually being activists. So this, this is why people need breaks. It can't be a constant grind. So the idea here is having people in rolling waves participate in these things so that it's not always on one person. I've been in an organization, I'm in an organization where the bulk of the work is left to a handful of people. Okay. And it's sad. It's depressing. I'm not going to lie. People don't think it's their responsibility to check in, show up, do whatever. It's gross. Okay. But there's a disease in this movement that makes people think that way. Think you should be grateful for this, but it's not for you. It's for the world. That's the thing. Stop thinking you're doing it for someone else and think about you're doing it for your, the world. You're doing it for your children, your grandchildren, your family, whatever. You know, if we don't start living our values by taking direct steps like this, instead of figuring out how we can make the next NFT or crypto purchase work out for us, know those kind, instead of doing that shit, we need to be looking at how we can work together. And and that's the next steps. It's not sexy. It's not fun. I think it actually is fun. But it won't be fun because most people don't see the value. They, they can't see the immediate gratification, so they just don't do it. But, it, you know, I, I see it. You know what? Here's one thing you're saying, and I agree with this. I'm going to put this up here. People are tired. 
but just envision hypothetical tsunami coming and you're tired. This is the kind of stuff we're up against. And it is fun and rewarding, Jonathan. But ultimately people people get bored. They they won't they won't stick around. They won't stick around. They just check out the up. Oh, okay, moving on. I've got something else to do. See it happen all the fucking time. And 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 then the worst part is we get butthurt when our favorite candidate like Nina Turner doesn't get elected because the establishment is so goddamn strong. They've got an entire group of people on blast that are ready to at a moment's notice go and do the whole 911 to save the establishment candidate. We can't even get people to line up for important things like student debt, climate change, or any of that. It's always tiny little pockets. I mean, you've seen these protests where there's three or four people on a corner raising a sign up. Why, why, why so disorganized? Why so little involvement? Why is that? Think about what I'm saying. You know, hell no, we won't go. And it's like, well, you're not going to block it. You're not doing anything. What are you doing? You got three people there. Would you think being an insular green party with four people showing up was somehow or another going to equate to a revolution? No, you got to get outside your bubble. You got to get outside your, your four values and your 12 whatevers, and you've got to mingle with the rest of society and you've got to get them on board. You've got to talk to them in a language they appreciate, not the language you appreciate, but the language they appreciate. Meet them where they are. So you can get the, but the only way they're going to come is if they understand what's at stake. Think about how many people, I mean, most people slam the door in a Jehovah's Witnesses face. Most people don't open the door up and say, come on in and have some coffee. But think about the amount of effort they put in to getting people to read their watchtower stuff. We don't put nearly that kind of energy into educating people about the environment, about healthcare, about you know, a Green New Deal. We don't talk to each other about what it takes to be an activist. And when we do, it's always in these little pockets. These little cliques get together, come up with a neat idea, and then they start excommunicating the people they don't like. See it all the time, folks, all the time. You can see it in all these three-day panels, summits, and stuff like that, where certain groups are excommunicated and left out. They're not good enough, whatever. You can see it all the time. But at the end of the day, no matter how sick and toxic things are, if you check out, it's going to get worse because the bad guys are large and in charge. And it takes, think, okay, you are walking into a business, a real a skyscraper, one of these tall, big businesses in New York City. And it happens to be a lobbying firm. And you walk in the door and you've got the freaking person at the door dressed to the nines. Hi, where would you like to go? I'd like to see for Mr. Egan on the 12th floor. Oh, I'm sorry. He's in the penthouse. Uh, what, what is your business with him? Do you have a meeting? Blah, blah, blah. They got the gatekeeper. You go up there, you go to the marble halls, and you've got 45 or 50 guys that are making $100,000, $200,000, $300,000 being researchers and stuff that are doing all this work preparing. And you walk in the door to meet with them, and you are just blown away by the organization, by the technology, by everything. We won't even show up to a freaking meeting to work out together, but yet there they are, you know, there they are large and in charge. They put their eight hour day in, they're getting paid fat stacks 
And they're organizing because that's what they do. Their job is to make sure that whatever it is that they are advocating for comes to be. That's the opposition. You getting bored and checking out and not showing. Do you think they stopped? Do you think they stopped? No. But you think you're just going to hit the vote button and it'll make everything get better. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, if you don't understand what I'm saying, if you don't see this. Now, I want you to understand also, if you look out there on all these liberal and progressive even uh, Facebook pages, these groups have these big followings and they put these comments out there like, we need to tax the rich so we can have health care. We need to tax the rich so we can make it, uh, you know, universal, uh, whatever. Always coming up with some idea that we need to find money from the rich people to be able to do these things. This is their first move, period. And everybody, they don't have 7,000 likes. And I'll have comments. You are so truth. You're telling the truth, man. Spot on. Yes, yeah, so agree with this. And but they're wrong. They're fucking wrong. We don't need the rich. Bottom line is every time you say, I need the rich to pay their fair share, what happens if you get the rich and now all of a sudden the program is dependent on them staying rich to fund your fucking program? Think about how stupid that is. The government creates money every time it spends. It doesn't spend tax dollars. But you see Robert Reich and you see all these twerps listening to this crap, eating it up like it's fucking protein from a fucking, uh, you know, GNC for bodybuilding, creatine, whatever the fuck. They just gobble it up. And there's no there's no shaking them because even when people know. I go on Jimmy Dore. You think, when have you ever heard Jimmy Dore talking about MMT anymore by himself without somebody on the show? It's crypto, it's bashing the squad, it's it's knocking someone else around. Now, don't get me wrong, Jimmy Dore's got a lot of good thoughts, but he never sticks with this stuff. It's like it comes in and then it's gone. It's the same with most of the alt media. You look at all the different ones that I go on their shows. Go out to them and watch. They'll be sitting there nodding when I'm on their show. Oh, yeah, you know, I, I get it. Oh, absolutely. But the minute they're in mixed company, they stop talking about it. It's done because they want to be liked by somebody. They it, Whatever. They refuse to get the point that this is the fucking deal breaker with vast majorities of people. Vast majorities of people do not know this stuff. And because they won't stay on point, they won't consistently say this message. The other people never learn. But Robert Reich is right there. And he's there to tell you your tax. Ro Khanna is right there telling you the same fucking thing. All of them do the same fucking thing. And I'm telling you this not to bash anyone, but to make you realize that it's not going to change if you don't fucking make it change. And the only way to make it change is to organize. The only way to make organization happen is to show the fuck up and stop fucking patting yourself on the back for a tweet. Fucking be part of something. Fucking show up. Put your ass on the line for once. Don't sit there and fucking make it somebody else's job. It's a we thing. Not me, us. Well, let's be not me, us. Instead of always looking for some hero to save us, not me, us.
When the fuck did that start happening? When did we ever start taking that seriously? We act like Bernie Sanders was a savior, but yet none of us will do the not me us. And if we do, it's for five minutes. Exactly. fucking pie. Yes. Yes. I mean, I got to tell you, honestly, I couldn't be more frustrated with the drum circle crowd. I couldn't be more frustrated with the kumbayas and all this other stuff. I get it. We're we're one apiece. We want to, but we've got to represent a existential threat to the establishment. We've got to represent an existential organized threat. Okay, not a violent threat, but a threat that we aren't going to be pushed over. That we aren't going to cave. Yes, and by the way, <laughs> the Capitals beat the Panthers the other night. And yes, that is one of the few indulgences I've allowed myself. But I thought it was funny given what we're talking about here. I think that unfortunately, unfortunately, we get into these kumbaya sessions. We get into these points where we don't make any bold statements. We don't do any research. It's always the loudest voice that ends up leading the charge instead of being the most knowledgeable voice. Okay. And unfortunately, we as a collective, think we know everything almost i mean like like you see people they really genuinely believe they've got all the answers and so they check out they tune out you can post a picture of a kitty cat and it'll have three thousand likes you post up a fucking podcast that explains how federal finance works you get three likes the fuck people think they know it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous it's no wonder we don't ever make progress. But this is why it requires each of us to do this. You know? I, my focus is to teach people how federal finance works, not just in the U.S., but globally, right? Not just federal finance, but fiat currency in general, MMT, how it impacts our ability to do great things. That's kind of my role. So if you ask me to not do that role in mixed company, you're screwing me because that is what I am. I am the MMT, not the MMT. There's a lot of MMT, but that is my role is to take the synthesis, the analysis of modern monetary theory and show how it pervades the entirety, how it's part, a part and parcel and core to making the entirety of everything we've talked about work. Now, mind you, Without having elected representatives in place to do these things, you're left with two ideas. One is say, oh, well, we don't have the right elected people in there. We're never going to achieve anything. Okay. Or you do this organizing thing that I'm talking about here. And you make even people that you didn't like hear your message. They're still representing you, even if they aren't representing you, if you know what I mean. They're still your representative. They're still our representative, whether we like them or voted for them or whether they were just placed in office or whether it's all Kabaki bullshit, whether it's just theater, it doesn't matter. They are still there to serve. And it's up to us to make those demands collectively, collaboratively. And I see tremendous amounts of people coming into like live streams and stuff like that, just absolutely dropping a deuce on anyone that doesn't say things in the exact way that they want. 
I'm unsubbing. I'm this. I'm just ridiculously petulant behavior. And it's, it, it's absolutely deleterious. It's fucking this movement. You wouldn't believe. Because sadly, and this is super sad to say, but because the mainstream media is so bad, because we are locked out of the academy in terms of colleges, in terms of getting this information out there, we are left with these kind of bullshit platforms like YouTube and Rumble and all the other ones to get these messages out, podcasts. So if people aren't sharing them, if they're not listening to them, if they're not partaking in them, they're not getting that full story. So there's no way for them to learn and actually build some sort of uh, mindset for this. I want you to think about this. As important as being anti-imperialist is, if you understand that at the root of imperialism isn't just control, it's about extraction of resources. It's about understanding the way money flows and understanding the real resource story. And when you understand that, you can organize differently than just being anti-imperialist. It's a very important thing to be anti-imperialist. But just to be anti-imperialist is missing the point of what this is all about. And I think that is where we collectively have to take and teach people how the economic system works. Because so much of the bullshit that is peddled by many lefties, including Richard Wolf, that goes out there as this is the way it is, ends up misleading most of our movement. It ends up misleading most of our movement. And they've got way bigger platforms. So those establishment light hacks that end up talking like Robert Reich, it ends up misleading us big time. And so there's no path forward. We've got to educate each other. And this is one of the things I would like very much to do within real progressives and real progress in action is be able to create that space. But I can't do it by myself and I can't do it with half-hearted people. It's got to be all in. It's got to be people that really fucking get it, how important this is. It's more important than baseball. It's more important than football. It's more important than tennis. It's more important than bowling, okay? It's more important than golf. It's more important than the beach. It's more important than mimosas. It's more important than wine, okay? And until people get that, it's going to be hard, but that's my goal. That's my goal because I don't see the point in building a third party. I mean, build one, <clears throat> but you've got, what, 12 years, four years ago, based on the IPCC. And so if you're a timeline person, I talk about this all the time, all the time. But if you're a timeline person, I'll use this thing right here. And you know that climate crisis stops right here. If you don't get something done by this time right here on the timeline, you're screwed, okay? But then your plan is to build a third party and it takes you all the way out to here before you can make any difference. Who the fuck cares? We're dead. Who the fuck cares? We're dead. Do you understand? This is the point of understanding timelines and people don't do it. They get a feel-good story. They get a feel-good idea. And everybody's like, oh, you know, that's solidarity. Yes, solidarity is important, but not solidarity around bullshit. It's got to be solidarity around real things. And without having that, you're left with bullshit. Okay? Again, start your third party. 
but don't suck the oxygen out of the room for organizing to save us from extinction with climate change. Don't sit there and suck the room dry of oxygen for ending student debt. The goal here is not to build the party. The goal here is to build parallel institutions that allow us to organize and fight back. Let it be nonpartisan so people from all walks can come in. Now, mind you, you always have co-option. You always have COINTELPRO and all the other crazy shit that's gone on. So you've got to be wise as serpents. But the fact is, is that we're not doing that stuff. Why aren't we doing it? Because we've got a bunch of people that have alienated one another, that hate each other, that wouldn't fucking give each other a freaking sip of water if they saw us fucking dying of thirst. And I think really at the end of the day, if we don't focus on building power outside of the electoral system, you're not going to see any of the changes. Period. A third party, all anybody's going to see with a third party is, oh, yeah, you're a third party. You're just trying to get your ideas. You're just trying to get elected, right? It's not that, hey, you've got this policy that we're fighting for, that we've got poor people that need to eat. We've got these. It, it, that's not the focus. The focus ends up being on party building. You understand what I mean? Like, it's a totally different, takes the focus away from addressing the real problem. And again, we do have this shitty first-past-the-post system. So the idea of electing people, you've already seen. I mean, if you're still huffing whippets and shooting up on hopium for the electoral system, knock yourself out. Knock yourself out. But the fact is, is that there's no shot in hell electorally right now. No shot at the presidency, because the electoral college is still large and in charge. And if you're telling me vote third party, you're exactly right. This whole thing right here, you're playing in the same exact system. You think the system itself isn't rigged, but the Republicans and the Democrats have a stranglehold together. Like they know they're here to protect their, their, their power duopoly. They, they, they are there to do that exact thing. That's exactly what they're there for. And I just hope you understand that because if you don't, we can't build a nonpartisan movement that will fight for these big issues. If we're busy worrying about who is, you know, what party are you? Oh, you're a Democrat? Well, I can't vote for you. Well, what if you're in a place where the blue machine prevents anybody else. I mean, like in Pennsylvania, Green Party wasn't even allowed on the ballot, struck down. What are you going to do? Be a proud asshole that doesn't vote? Or no, I mean, the bottom line is there's nothing there. So this is why my strategy of working beyond the duopoly, working beyond electoral politics, working beyond third partyisms, okay, is key. And yes, and we have a fucking hopium e epidemic, big time. People selling false hope. And every time it happens, I cringe because I don't want to be a part of hopium. I don't want to be a part of hopium. I want to be part of the real deal. So my, I, guess, I guess my point of this thing is everybody asks, so what now?
right? Well, what do you what do you suggest, Steve? Like they got me by the short ears. Like I don't have a plan. Like I don't have an idea. Like oh well, shit. The truth is, is that it requires us to teach one another collectively outside of the party system where you've got party bosses going, no, no, no. Sadly, you go to the Green Party and the vast majority of the Green Parties are busy telling you that MMT is a PSYOP. This is the kind of bullshit. You ask them, well, explain that PSYOP to me. They can't because they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But this is the way bullshit gets peddled because they've got some people in this money monetary reform group that sit there and pollute the entire party with ignorance about this American Monetary Institute bullshit, okay? They literally are so steeped in this trash that they can't understand the basics. MMT is describing the system as it is so we can win today. You can, oh, well, we don't want to use the system today. Well, guess what, dude? Fucking environment is collapsing before you. You've got almost no choice. Even anarchist Michael Albert said, we, as much as I'm an anarchist, I know for a fact that the existential climate crisis requires a very, very much authoritarian system to be able to implement because we couldn't, we could not anarch our way through dealing with climate change. Michael Albert, look him up. Author of No Bosses and other books, friend of Noam Chomsky, et cetera. A real fucking straight up anarchist that lives his dog food, eats it, lives it, actually was on with me, said flat out, there is no way through climate crisis. There is no way as an anarchist through climate crisis. He admitted it straight up. So I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you point blank. These things, these, these photo ops showing up and doing these one-off things, they feel good. They're not a meaningful way. We have to get everybody on board because it, it really is the economics. The economics is the core to all of it, but it's all of us teaching each other so that we because they're using, folks, those people in that building I described, the million-story high building with all the executives, they are counting on you not understanding federal finance. They are counting on you believing all the bullshit about the national debt. They're literally counting on you to believe you've got to tax the rich to pay. They're literally counting on you to believe that we've got to cut the military to be able to do certain things. Now, mind you, I am all about cutting the military and I'm all about uh, actually uh, taxing the rich. Just don't fucking make it part and parcel with paying for a goddamn program. Does that make sense? I, I don't know why it's so hard to get people to realize this. I've been doing this thing for so long that I just keep thinking somehow or another it's going to catch on. But I see people that know better going back to sleep, going and doing their own thing. And I see people that don't know better stepping out and it's like Groundhog Day all over again, bop a mole, you know, whack a mole, whatever. They're coming back with the same crazy nonsense they've always come up with. And it's wash, rinse, repeat, because we don't have consistency from those people that we have awakened. They get bored, they get discouraged, and then they drop out and they stop. And this is a direct result of not having an organizational body to contribute to where there's doing meaningful activism, where it actually has an MMT-informed lens and also understands that electoralism is not the be-all, end-all.
and it doesn't require you to be a Democrat to be a part of. And unfortunately, there's far too many groups out there that assume you just have to be a Democrat for it to matter. And that's a goddamn shame. That's a goddamn shame. So anyway, with that, I am going to go ahead and log off. I hope you guys, this was a Thursday of the Rogue. Normally it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, I will be going live tomorrow. I am not sure what I'll be talking about yet. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Saturday morning, we have a great podcast coming out with Macro and Cheese. We have an Icelandic economist talking MMT and describing the banking system and everything else. So many people elevate uh, Iceland as this cornucopia of all things progressive. And we'll find out how true that is. And we'll find out what the deal is with Iceland. And then the following week, we're going to go to Pakistan. So we're going to have Iceland, then Pakistan. Macron cheese, Saturday mornings, 8 a.m. In the meantime, I'm Steve Grumbine with The Rogue Scholar, and I am out of here. The Rogue Scholar is a production of Real Progressives. If you would like to support our work, please visit patreon.com slash realprogressives.